0: Let's pray, Heavenly Father, as we open your word now, I pray that it would comfort us. Um, This this passage is given to us for our comfort, Um, and I pray that we would be comforted, that we would be exhorted, that we would look into the face of a problem that is so common in this world, and we would see how, by your grace and by your spirit, we who serve Uh, A wonderful God in his great kingdom might be free even from those common anxieties which this world sees as impossible to be freed from. And in this, may all glory go to Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray this in his name. Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. In the email that I sent out yesterday, uh, I was shown that the subject line said, Mark 29, that was supposed to be March twenty nine in case some of you were concerned that I was going to try and preach from a chapter of the Bible that didn't exist and were nervous that uh, the pastor that was going to preach to you had never read the Bible before. We will be looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34 this morning. And we are going to hear what Jesus teaches about worry and anxiety. And this will likely seem to many of us like a very fitting topic for this particular moment in history. There is much anxiety in the world right now. Heads of state, business owners, concerned family members, all see increasing reasons to be anxious. But this passage was not just given to us as a prescription in times of crisis. What Jesus says here is something that God's people need to hear every day. There are few afflictions that are so common and pervasive in the church as worry and anxiety. Different generations and people react differently to this problem. Some try and suppress it and adopt a stoic attitude of plowing through it. Some are more vocal about it as something that's common to everyone's experience. We should just acknowledge that we all experience it. But whether we embrace it or deny it, Most of us personally have known what it means to be weighed down by worry in this world. We worry about health, finances, conflicts at work, conflicts at home, finding a spouse or living peacefully with the spouse that we have. We worry about our children, their futures, their present struggles. Now, sometimes we know that our worries are frivolous. We tell ourselves, I should not be worrying about this. But when we worry about things that seem important to us or even essential, our worry doesn't just feel justified, it feels necessary and right. My grandmother always saw herself as a worrier. For her to worry about something was a sign that she cared about it. If grandma wasn't worried, we knew that there was a problem. As the COVID 19 crisis spreads across the world, many people feel justified in their worry. As livelihoods are threatened, as people are forced to live in isolation, as we look towards the real possibility of a health crisis, worry seems to many of us like the right course of action. How could we not worry? And yet, throughout our passage this morning, we repeatedly hear Jesus say, Do not be anxious. Do not worry. It's not a suggestion or an encouragement. He's commanding us, do not be anxious. To many of us, this imperative almost sounds cruel. Jesus is asking us to do something insurmountable. To stop worrying might feel to us like not feeling Even without this current crisis, to tell us not to worry about our health or our jobs or how we will provide for our family almost seems like a command to become lackadaisical about important things. How can any responsible person not worry? So, this morning, we want to consider this passage and see Jesus' reasons for why his people are meant to be free from anxiety. I want to consider three things, Jesus says. First, What does Jesus see as the root of our anxiety? Next, what truth does Jesus say we need to remember which answers our anxiety? And finally, how does Jesus exhort us to be free from anxiety? So let's turn again to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, we're going to read verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The first thing I would like to consider is what Jesus says about the root of our anxiety what is its cause? Jesus says we worry about food, drink, clothing. In worrying about these things, Jesus says we are concerned about our lives and our bodies. Connected to this is the worry about tomorrow, how we will be provided for, whether the food or the goods we've stored up will be secure. Jesus is really focusing on our anxiety about our most basic concerns, how we will provide for and protect ourselves and our families. But Jesus warns us that to be deeply concerned about even these things, to be anxious about them, reveals that we are storing up treasure on earth. Our passage this morning begins with the words, Therefore I tell you. So we can see that what we're hearing today rests in what Jesus has already said, what we considered last week. So let's look at some of the words from last week's passage. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21 says... Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then we see in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus has said we are always either storing up treasures for ourselves in this earth, in the kingdom of the world, or storing up treasure in heaven. We are either serving God or we are serving money, mammon, the goods of this world. When we think of someone who is a slave to money someone storing up earthly treasures, our minds usually go to the stereotypical super-rich person, the person who shows that they love money, who delights in wealth. We think of Scrooge McDuck swimming through rivers of gold and coins. That is someone who is a slave to money, who stores up treasures on earth. But our treasure is not just revealed by what we delight in. It is also revealed by what we most worry about. When we worry about something, we show that it has a hold on our mind, that it is the thing that we feel we need to have so we can feel peace and rest. Jesus connects worry with what we strive for or seek after. He connects it with our ambition. Jesus says of food and drink and clothing, for the Gentiles seek after these things. Those who do not know God are preoccupied with making sure they are taken care of here in this world. They are preoccupied with using their own energy and ambition to get those things. This is where their care goes, where their worry goes towards taking care of themselves and their families. Even if they're not storing up exorbitant wealth, all of their treasure, all of their hope and rest is bound up in temporary earthly things. If we as believers are primarily concerned with how we will provide for ourselves, whether we will have enough in this world for ourselves and our families, then we have the same concerns as those who do not know the Lord we show that we are storing up treasure for the same kingdom as those who are still living in rebellion against God. So our first point this morning is this. The root of our anxiety is putting our hope and comfort in the treasures of this world. But you might object. Do we not need food and clothing to survive? Isn't worrying about these things different than worrying about our next holiday or luxury item? We do need food and clothing. Jesus says that God knows we need these things. But Jesus wants us to see what being anxious about these things reveals about our hearts. Food and clothing might be the occasion for our worry, but they are not the source of our worry. Worry is rooted not in our circumstances, but in our hearts. We could paraphrase Jesus' teaching from last week and say, where your worry is, there your heart will be also. Anxiety about what we will eat and wear reveals that peace and rest in our hearts depends upon ourselves and our ability to provide ourselves and families with our material needs. Now Jesus has already shown us, we saw last week, the incredible instability of all of our worldly pursuits and treasures. For peace to depend on anything that we can do or have in this world is for it to depend on what is inherently unstable. The COVID crisis is causing worry in many people because it is showing them just how beyond their control their own worldly goods and situation are. If our rest is based in the security of our worldly goods and situation, even those goods that seem essential even the situation that we feel we need to survive, if our rest is rooted in those things, then it is based on what we cannot ultimately control. We cannot certainly know that those things that we are trying to find rest in will be safe and secure tomorrow. If our hope and peace depend on even basic worldly treasures like health and the security of ourselves and our families, it will always lead us to anxiety because those treasures can never be fully secure. If our comfort rests in our own ability to gather and hold these things, we will always worry about whether or not we are up to the task to guard and protect our treasures, whether we have it in us to take care of ourselves and our families. So our anxiety reveals these things that our heart is trusting in. Our anxiety also reveals what we are failing to put our trust in. You'll remember from last week that the masters that we can serve, the places we can store up our treasure are mutually exclusive. When we join with the world in placing our comfort and hope in worldly things, we are clearly failing to put our hope and trust in those things which are meant to characterize a citizen of Jesus' kingdom. Those who store up treasure in heaven, whose peace And rest don't depend on their ability to gather food and clothing. Have a faith that rests both in who God is and how God cares for them. God doesn't relieve our anxiety by telling us the future. Or by telling us that everything will be fine in this world. He relieves our anxiety by showing us who he is. Our second point this morning is this. The answer to our anxiety is to know the person and the character of our Father in heaven. Jesus' primary answer to our anxiety, our worry, and fear in this world is to remind us of who God is. Jesus says to those who worry, O you of little faith! Our anxiety reveals a lapse. Or a weakness in our belief and understanding of who God is, his person and his character. Jesus gives us two examples to remind us of the person and character of God who we are meant to have faith in. He says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? These small examples point us to a very big picture of God. To have faith in our God as he reveals himself in Scripture is to know that this world was not created by random chance. It is not the product of blind random selection, but created by a perfect and perfectly powerful person. And our God is not just one who sets things in motion and then steps away from his creation. By the same power with which he created the world, he sustains it every day. And his sustaining power doesn't just keep the world going. It orders every moment of history according to his perfect plan. Our God is absolutely sovereign. This means that every movement of every molecule is within his plan. He has ordered every space and every moment. So to worry about how we will produce enough food and procure enough clothing is to worry about something that is ultimately outside of our control and is absolutely in God's control. God alone sees and orders all things. Jesus wants us to remember this amazing power of our God. But he also wants us to remember his character. The God who is in complete control is a benevolent, loving, good Father. God's glory and His love, His amazing power and His wonderful character are revealed to us in how He loves and provides for everything that He has made. Jesus tells us to look to creation and consider the smallest and simplest things that God looks after. When you and I go to work, we come home still full of anxiety about whether we are going to have enough tomorrow, whether things will work out tomorrow as well as they did today. Our dependence on our own ability to provide leaves us fearful that we're going to ultimately be inadequate to look after ourselves and our families in the future. The little birds don't know this worry. They have no sense that their provision depends on their ability. They go out each morning. They look to God's earth to give them what they need. So when they come back to their nests, when they fed their young, they don't sit and worry about whether food will be there tomorrow. Instead, they sing. They will depend on God tomorrow, just as they depended on him today. If the little sparrow has so much reason to trust God, how much more reason do you have? Even while we work, while we responsibly serve our families by gathering food, our dependence is not meant to be on ourselves. It is meant to be on God. Does our worrying somehow improve the fruit of our labor? Does it make tomorrow more secure because you worried about it today? Does it add anything to us except a desperation to accomplish things by our own power, Does it accomplish anything except fuel a distrust in God? It is good to work. But after we've worked, go home from your toil and enjoy what God has provided. Glorify him for it and leave tomorrow in his hands, just as today was in his hands. Isn't this why we say grace before we eat? To remind ourselves every day that all of what we have depends upon God rather than us. To remember that we do not need to be anxious about tomorrow because we will continue to trust him tomorrow. Come home from your work, sit down at your table with your family and say grace with them. Remind them in yourself to depend on the provision of your good heavenly father. Likewise, Jesus says to look at the flowers. So many people in this world have anxiety about whether they will be adequately covered and safely protected And this anxiety grows until it becomes a worry about not being adorned beautifully enough or having a house large enough for our needs. This world has turned cares about the body into a desperation to look younger, to present ourselves luxuriously, to make ourselves desirable. But while we are so anxious about how we appear to others, the flowers are more beautiful than any of us, certainly more beautiful than me, And they depend entirely on God for that beauty. He has clothed them more wonderfully than the greatest kings. And no desperation or anxiety is ever going to improve the beauty of a flower. God provides even for the smallest and simplest parts of his creation. There are hidden trees and dens of creatures that no human being has ever seen, which are still under God's perfect watchful care. He provides for these little things because he's a good father. And human beings are the greatest of God's creations, made in God's image to govern the sparrows and the flowers and to glorify God by worshiping him as a father. The people of this world reject God. They even reject him by being anxious about how they will feed themselves, clothe themselves, have what they feel they need for themselves and their families. Whether they are anxious to just get by or anxious to have the best food and the prettiest clothes, they are placing their trust in the creation and forgetting their creator. They deny God and so they reject his fatherly care. But it is God's desire that even those enemies who reject him would repent of their idolatry and become his children as they were created to be. He sent his son Jesus to experience being abandoned by God so that we who have abandoned God could be adopted to live as sons and daughters, to glorify him once again by trusting and exalting him as our father in heaven. We who call him father We know that he made us to enjoy that special relationship that he gives us as children. Even to glorify him for how he loved us by sending Jesus to die for us and rise again so that we could live with him eternally as his children. God doesn't just want us to know who he is. He wants us to know him. He doesn't just want us to know that he's a good father. He desires that we would rest in his fatherly care to come to him like the little children for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He wants us to enjoy that perfect peace of resting in his arms, of knowing that our sweet father has everything in his hand, including us, There is nothing outside of his control. And he loves us so tenderly and sweetly. He holds us so tightly. The gospel itself, that means by which he adopted us, is that not the greatest declaration of the fatherly love that he has for you and me. When Jesus tells us to have faith, He's not just telling us to understand the facts of God. He wants us to daily trust and rest in our wonderful, perfect, good Father in heaven. Little children, are you resting in your Father in heaven? Are you trusting that He will care for all of your needs? If you are constantly weighed down with anxiety, it may mean that you are struggling to live in that daily trust of who God is and how he cares for you. You are still choosing to put your needs onto your own shoulders. You're trusting yourself instead of God. The answer to our anxiety is to recognize both who God is and who we are. This means for all of us, the remedy to our anxiety is humility. We need to daily humble ourselves before God to recognize our own incapability as well as his infinite capability. First Peter 5, 6-7 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. When we humble ourselves before a God who is both mighty and caring, we can leave all of our anxieties and cares with him. You might need to come before God and humble yourself. Give over to him what you have been trying to handle on your own and give over your dependence on worldly things and circumstances to know a peace that rests in him alone. Now, God's care for us does not mean everything in this world is going to start going the way that we might have wanted or expected. The sparrows still fall and are sold for a penny. The beautiful flowers still wither. God's plan is not that all who trust in him will experience abundance and prosperity in this world. If that was his will then he himself would be making us slaves to things other than himself. He would be making us a slave to things that we are meant to be free from. God's desire for us as a caring father is that we would glorify and delight in him. He wants us to seek his kingdom rather than our own. To humble ourselves before God, to recognize who he is, will change our perspective on all of life on what we need, on what is most worth having. We will live for a better, everlasting kingdom, storing up better treasure with Christ. We see this now as we turn to look at the commands that Jesus gives us in this passage. This is our third point this morning. Jesus' command in our anxiety is to seek God's kingdom and righteousness and then trust him with our needs. Jesus reminds us that life is so much more than food and clothing. Our anxiety fuels this tunnel vision that blocks out God, his kingdom, even other people as we pursue the earthly things that we desire. When we trust in the gospel, we see not just who God is, but our whole view of life is expanded. It is opened up to see the reality of his eternal kingdom. We see the greater eternal treasure we can have in Christ. The kingdom and the treasure Jesus has been announcing to us all through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus tells us that being free from worry and anxiety means pursuing the treasures and righteousness of his eternal kingdom and then trusting our Father in heaven to care for our worldly needs as we serve him. Jesus closes this passage with two parallel commands. Look at verse 31 to 34. Therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. And here he commands us, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And then he adds also this command, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Freedom from anxiety means laying down our cares for this world and the treasures we want in it, giving up that pursuit that only leads to worry, and then instead seeking the eternal kingdom of God. Remember when Jesus taught us to pray, What was the first thing that we were to say to God? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But then we were also told to pray, give us this day our daily bread. When we truly know our Father in heaven, his holy name, when we know him through the gospel of Jesus, there are three things that will naturally follow. First, we will want him to be glorified. We will seek to proclaim his name and his glory. We will delight to share the gospel by which he saved us through Jesus. We will seek his kingdom with our whole lives. We will second seek his righteousness. A simple definition of righteousness is the character of God. To be righteous is to know God better. So to seek righteousness is to desire to be like Jesus and to better know and delight in our heavenly father. The third thing that will happen when we know God as Father is we will absolutely trust Him with our needs. So, this whole command from Jesus is what naturally flows from knowing and trusting God as our Heavenly Father. And then, in seeking His kingdom and His righteousness, in trusting Him, we will be free from the anxiety of those who do not know and trust in God. We will not be anxious about whether or not what we pursue will come to pass because when we seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, we know that what we desire rests in God's control and is aligned with his will, which means we can trust in the absolute security and certainty of his kingdom and our treasure there. Now our peace is rooted not in what we can make come to pass by our own power, but what our heavenly father assures us will come to pass. And though we don't know the future in this life, We are freed from anxiety because God will take care of it all. And whatever happens will work towards our lasting treasure in his kingdom. It's not to say that trusting God makes us lazy or irresponsible. Proverbs cites laziness and a distaste for work as one of the greatest signs of unrighteous folly. Seeking God's kingdom will still mean giving attention to worldly things. But we will do so with new kingdom motivations. Our desire to work will no longer be rooted in a self-dependent need to gather everything we think we need for ourselves. It will be rooted in our desire to be holy, to honor God by caring for our families, loving our neighbor, and serving God's kingdom by working hard. Overseeing and caring for creation was a part of the original mandate that God gave us to glorify him. But it is something we do not do to hoard this world's goods and build our own kingdom. It is something that we do to serve him and love our neighbor. If that becomes our motivation for working, we can rest peacefully. Even when the circumstances of this world negatively affect the fruits of our labor. Because our goal in working was not so that we could control tomorrow. It was so that we could faithfully honor and serve God today. This is why Jesus tells us to leave tomorrow's troubles with tomorrow. If our concern is about gathering what we need, filling our barns, trusting ourselves, serving our own kingdom, we will be full of anxiety about the future. Wondering whether or not everything that we've gathered will be secure. But if we're storing up treasure in heaven, we know that our real treasure is eternally secure. And then our focus can be with dealing with the troubles of today righteously. We trust our Father to govern His kingdom and oversee the future. And our focus becomes, how can I glorify God in the circumstances that I am faced with today? This is Jesus' answer to our anxiety to take our focus and ambition off of taking care of ourselves and storing up treasure for our own kingdom and to put our eyes on our Father in heaven and his kingdom, to seek his kingdom each day and rest secure in knowing that what we truly most love and rest in can never be taken away. Then we can leave this world in God's hands. We can walk in wisdom, holiness, even responsibility, and then trust our Father. Even if all this world were to give way, even if we were to lose some of the very basic goods and treasures of this world, Jesus has already said in the Beatitudes, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes seeking God's kingdom will even be the reason we lose the things in this world that people rest in. But Jesus tells us even then we could count ourselves blessed. We need not be anxious because a greater inheritance and a lasting one is ours in Christ. Paul assures us all of this in Romans 8 when he says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. This verse has wrongly been interpreted at times To say that everything will be good in this world for those who trust God, but that would just wrongly lead us back to the anxiety of expecting and demanding that God would help us store up worldly idols for ourselves. What Paul is actually telling us here is that even the worst circumstances in this world will work towards the good of God's kingdom and us as His children. So we need not be anxious even in the worst circumstances we can find comfort knowing that even our suffering is working towards that treasure which is truly valuable. This brings us back to consider the current situation of this world. We can see that for those who find rest in their worldly circumstances, even their most basic needs in this world, this is a time of growing anxiety. Many of the worldly things people think they need to feel secure and restful seem to be in doubt. Those who worry every day about work and money and health feel now that all their worry is justified and they worry all the more. But, children of God, if our rest is in our heavenly Father and the kingdom of his Son, we know that our peace is rooted in things that the coronavirus And quarantines and economic downturns cannot touch. Nothing can take away the love of our father that we know through the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. When all this world seems unstable, his kingdom stands eternally secure. So if we desire to seek his kingdom... And know that we are just as able to delight in him and store up treasure in heaven during hard times and suffering as we are in times of worldly prosperity. We can truly rest in him. Friend, if your hope is in the plans that you have made for yourself in this world, if your rest is in making sure that you are provided for here, you might be increasingly frightened but take this opportunity to wake up from anxiously serving your own small kingdom, to take your eyes off of yourself and put them onto the eternal kingdom of God. Repent of your pride and throw yourself on the gospel of Jesus Christ, who endured greater pain in this world than you will ever have to endure, to take the punishment you deserved so that you can become a child of God when you put your trust in him. Even as Jesus suffered those horrible torments, he endured because he had a hope and a joy set before him of reigning for eternity with his father. And through trusting in him, we get to share in that hope and joy for his kingdom. For those who know the gospel, Jesus himself is our peace. He is the one who offers us a place in the eternal kingdom of heaven, who invites sinners who should have no part of his kingdom to store up treasure there, to know the eternal joy of being united with him in the presence of his Father for all eternity. I want to leave you with two examples of the peace that comes from trusting and entrusting ourselves to our Father in heaven and his kingdom. Two examples which show we can enjoy this peace even in the worst circumstances. The first example is David. David was on the run for his life. He didn't know where his next meal would come from or whether he would be alive tomorrow. And at this time, he wrote Psalm 4. He begins by asking that God would take care of his needs. He says, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. He knows who God is. He knows how God has cared for him. And then with that trust in God, David closes his psalm this way. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David knows that he is more guarded, cared for, and loved by God, even in his exile, than those who know the most worldly abundance. He knows more peace than they do. Even in danger, he can rest in the peace he has from his Father in heaven. The second example I want to point you to is the Apostle Paul was in prison for the proclamation of the gospel experiencing great persecution Paul says in Philippians 4 the Lord is at hand do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus Paul's perfect peace comes from knowing that God is near Paul knows the nearness of his father. He delights to know his father's care for him. Paul's prayers are full of thanksgiving as well as supplication. He remembers every time he prays how faithful a father God has been, which gives him comfort and confidence as he continually leaves his needs with God. Trusting in his father, Paul knows perfect peace. And he knows that all this peace of his relationship with God is rooted in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our peace with God. The one through whom our Father calls us his children. It is a peace that this world, so consumed with the anxiety of protecting its small kingdoms, cannot understand. Even this most abundant society, maybe the most well provided for society in history, is full of anxiety. And the more that they have, the more they anxiously pursue more. And yet Paul in prison knows a peace that those people can never understand. And this peace is for you when you trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, even in these uncertain times, may you know the peace that surpasses all understanding anxiety is not a necessity in this world it is only a necessity for those whose hope is in this world when we face anxiety i hope that our first response will not be how do i accumulate enough so that i will stop worrying of course it would be foolish to continue to seek rest in what is already proven to provide none I hope that we will not try and find the distraction or a pick-me-up or God forbid what is sinful to placate our anxiety. When we are anxious, brothers and sisters, when you are feeling anxiety, we need not ask, what do I need or what should I do? Your first question should be, who is my God? That is what we need to ask ourselves. That is what we as a church need to remind each other of in our anxiety. Who is our God? And who is he to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus? That is the answer to our anxiety. That is Jesus' answer. Know the Father. Know the gospel by which he calls us his children. And then Seek the kingdom the gospel has won for us, casting all of our cares upon him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are not just an infinitely powerful God, you are an infinitely good God. That you are not just some manufacturer of this world, that you are its good father, and you are our good father. I pray that each one of us would know your nearness and the sweetness of your care. Even as this world is suffering in anxiety, Father, may we know what it is to be free from anxiety because we seek your kingdom and rest in your provision. I pray that we would bless each other by reminding each other of this perfect peace In this challenging time, I pray that we would be a light to the world, even in the peace that we have in Jesus Christ, and that many would see the peace of the Father that gives us peace that surpasses all understanding, even in trials, and may they come to Christ and throw themselves at his feet before the cross to be saved from their sin, from death and the anxiety of this world, and to know you and the comfort of calling you our heavenly father. We do so now for your glory, for our delight, for the glory of the name of your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.